Hello, everybody, and welcome to West Underground. Today we are joined, and I'll be honest, this is this is a big, big, big get for me, this. And I'm still pinching myself, and I know a lot of my family members are feeling the same right now. We're joined, we're joined, oh, see, I'm tripping up on myself, I don't know what I'm doing. We're joined by George Sefton, the legendary Liverpool Football Club announcer. Sydney's number one podcast, West Underground. <laughs> George, very, very nice to speak to you, mate. My pleasure. I've, I've been called legendary twice this weekend. Uh, I'm basically, that just means I'm old, I've, I've discovered. <laughs> I feel like it's a polite way of saying it, though, isn't it? You know, I feel... Uh, yes, different. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to object. I can live with legendary. <laughs> I think <laughs> when I get older, people will still be calling me, you know, something else. It'll never be legendary. <laughs> at, least, at least you've heard that. And uh, we've also got Hamish here, my co-host, who's hello, hello. probably a little bit confused as the two Scouse accents going on right now. <laughs> I'm doing my best at the moment. So, George, how are you? How 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 do you feel after the uh, the game last night? Um, oh well, it was it was, it was, it was last night. Last night for us, my blood pressure must have been right up through the roof. I mean, <laughs> I, I suffer during Liverpool games now. Mm. I'm, um, when we were 1-0 down very early on, I would have uh, happily settled for 2-2. But then, mm. as the game goes on, you know, then we had Sterling thinking he'd scored and yeah, he hadn't. And of course, yeah. my opposite number at City announces the goal, mm. and, which you shouldn't do nowadays. Oh, OK. I know, I get shouted at. And I've, <laughs> I've uh, had a few run-ins with VAR this year. <laughs> Um, I, I can't remember which game it was, but I know uh, Sadio Mane scored at the far end, and the VAR took forever to work out what mm. was going on. And I had a little voice in my ear, "Aren't you going to announce the goal?" And I said, "No." We we have uh, direct contact with VAR, and as soon as you hear the magic words, check over, then mm. you announce the goal. Yeah, you don't just go charging in, but. Um, when that happened, I must admit I was down in the mouth for a yeah. couple of minutes. Then it was cancelled off, and so it went on. But oh dear! I know, um, I know, I know what you mean about the blood pressure thing, George. Like I'm, so this is you know I, I'm 26, right? So this is the most successful period I've ever seen, yeah. right? And I, I think back to uh, like when I when I really started to go on my own, and it would be you know Trabs and Sport in the Europa League on like a Thursday. And, uh, oh, dear, and dear. I, I, th I think you'd only have like uh, goal yeah. for Liverpool number 14 Jovanovic that was like all yeah, the, you know? yeah. um, 
because we were very good then. And I think now, and as good as it is to be so successful, it's stressful as anything, especially yeah. with the time difference. Like watching it, over, so that was on a one half one in the morning to try and watch a game at that time without a few brandies in you is a tough, tough affair. <laughs> It's tough just watching it live, mm. you know, that proud. Oh, it's it's every game. I turn up to Anfield, and the atmosphere builds very, very slowly nowadays. Mm. And then at the end of the game, you suddenly realise you're, you're exhausted, and you mm. just crawl back to the car. And, you know, <laughs> just let me out of it. <laughs> Uh, it's, uh, I spent the last couple of years, especially because, um, obviously, we had lockdown mm. and playing behind closed doors. Yeah, and that was really spooky. Mm. Obviously, there was very few of us actually inside the yeah. ground. What the club did, they decided that um, we were just going to carry on with the usual routine, mm. even though there was nobody in the place. Just to make the players feel more relaxed about. So, would you still do on Operation Anfield? Uh, I don't do that. It's somebody from the the, the police. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, I sorry. I think sorry. we had one during behind closed doors. It was more or less pointless. Um, <laughs> there was always a worry oh, when the Operation Anfield gets announced, and you go, "Oh yeah, we're safe. It's all right." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, again, harking back to the Grand National, that. Um, yeah, we have. If you listen for the magic word exercise, when they say Operation Anfield exercise, you know they're just practicing. Mm. When they say, come the day when they say Operation Anfield, you get out, you're in trouble. Yeah, get out you know, of it. There's, there's a bomb in the place or something. <laughs> and I was at the Grand National with my daughter quite a few years ago, and we was by the parade ring watching the horses mm. trotting around, and I suddenly heard the PA come on. And it said, Operation Aintree. And I thought, I was waiting for the magic word, and it wasn't. I said to my daughter, out. She said, what are you talking? I said, get out now. Because <laughs> I knew what was happening. And of course, yeah. we were the first to the, the front of the queue, people trying to get out. So it it, it did me a lot of good yeah. that day. You, was, you uh, jumping on the back of Red Rum just to get out of there? <laughs> no, that, that was after Red Rum. <laughs> Oh, but it's one of the it's one of the things that the stupid little things that comes mm. along with uh, the job. But as I say, behind closed doors was freaky, and at the end mm. of the season, I was so glad to get out of Anfield and get yeah. back to the normal. Because it's it, a very cold place, isn't it? With I, I, I actually I did the air conditioning in Anfield, so shout out to those boys who are listening to this right now. <laughs> I'm sorry if it's too cold or too hot in Anfield. I apologize. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember like we used to go and we'd be in there and it'd be empty. And it's yeah. just, it's, it's a bit of an eerie place when it's empty. Eerie is the best word. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, we, people said to me the, the next season, aren't you glad to be back at Anfield? I said, well, I haven't been away. Mm. I've, I've been at Anfield more during lockdown than, mm. than normal because we had, had to have all these rehearsals and, you know, technical rehearsals and practices to make sure everybody knew what they were doing, where they they they're going to go and stand, how to get in, get out, uh, who was allowed to go where, mm. and um, and then we had practice matches. First of all, they had an open training session, 
Then we had uh, friendlies against Blackpool, Blackburn, mm. uh, first oh, team versus right. the unders 23s, that sort of thing. And when the, the matches came back on the TV, it looked good on the television. You know, you could see all the banners in the um, mm. in the stands, and some grounds out they had cardboard cutout people. Ah, oh, the people in the crowds, yeah. And then there was sound, uh, you know, crowd noises <sighs> on the TV. And watching it, yeah. it looked okay. But in the place, it's echo. Everything is echoing round. Mm. As you say, oh. it's an eerie place. I know the first time we went in for a practice, I got a message to go down to the Shankly Lounge downstairs. Walked in, the lights are only half on, and there's a whole circle of people, all the stewards and gave me a, a, the head steward and whatever, mm. in a dark room. They've all got these masks on. <laughs> and it was like one of those, you know, those Hudder movies where somebody finds this weird cult in the middle of the <laughs> yeah. jungle. Yeah. You know, it was exactly like that. And they had, yeah. you know, luckily that didn't last very long. We got out. But um they instead of instead of trying to kill you, they were all saying, "Can you sit down, please?" Yeah, that's, that's right. The... <laughs> yeah, exactly. They um, that so we got through, and then of course we had the opposite problem mm. when we got back to playing full houses. I had to get used to talking to fifty-four thousand people again, mm. um, which was even spookier. But you know, there, there, were, there were plus sides. I mean. Um, when we got the trophy, when we won the the Premier League, mm. there were only three hundred people in inside Anfield, and I was obviously I was privileged to be one of them. I mean, mm. you could, I could find you know a million people who would love to have been there, yeah, you know, quite happily. But I, there I was, and it was just the presentation was just underneath my window, so I had a bird's eye view of it, and it was just amazing. Yeah. Uh, I'm. I'm still. I still can't get over that myself. To be honest, winning that. Mm. I, I was in work, and uh, when, when we got the result, the you know the City Chelsea game, when like we knew we knew we'd won, yeah. and I was like in a pre-start at work, and uh, they went. Someone went. Chelsea have just got a penalty. You've won the league, and I was like, oh my god, I'm like, and then I'm in work all day. <laughs> oh, well, I, when that was going on, I was, I was actually on BT Sports. They had. Mm. Um, in the back uh, backdrop to the studio, they had four screens um, in one corner uh, of Liverpool, uh, recognisable Liverpool fans, a couple of musicians, um, a DJ and me. And I, I sat here for five hours at this desk on Skype. Mm. And, you know, once in a while, I'd forget that I was being watched on live on BT Sport. Like, honestly, <laughs> there's some wonderful pictures of when the goals were going in of me leaping out of the seat. You'd be amazed how high I can leap. And, uh, that, that made the cut, didn't it? Be, everybody saw that, but yeah. um, it was worth it in the end. It really was. It's just a magical night because obviously it's been so long. Yeah. I mean, you're 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 26. You'd never see. Yeah, it that, that's the first time, first time in my yeah. life to see it. I, I bought I mean, a bo I bought a bottle of Dom Perignon champagne and then didn't drink it for eight months because I was like, I just don't yeah. know what to do with myself. You know what I mean? <laughs> and obviously being being in Australia, like like yeah. like Ham Hamish is a you know he, he likes football, but like. It's 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 soccer ivory at George. You know, it's, it's <laughs> a bit of a different world. And uh, Go and I was just I was like on on cloud nine, and yeah. not uh, 
people couldn't really understand it. And I was like, imagine your team has been yeah. nearly there. And, you know, like in, in my life, like I say, like I've seen a couple of close title races and then yeah. to, to finally get it, it's just, oh, it's, it's, uh, to be honest, I, I'm still, I still feel good about it, you know. Well, yeah, me. I mean, um, when I was a lad, I'm just trying to think. I'd be 19 when we won the FA Cup, mm. uh, and my dad, he he followed Liverpool all his life. It's it's 99 years next month since my dad had a trial at Liverpool. Jesus, That's, wow. you know, so 1965 when we were watching the FA Cup final. Mm. He, he, it was his life's ambition because we'd never won it before. It seemed yeah. crazy now, but it was an absolute obsession. Mm. And uh, we won it, and the, you know, the, the welcome home, the, the parade run centre of Liverpool was just unbelievable. But obviously, a couple of years ago, when we get to um, win the league, that your generation were in the same boat. You waited. Yeah. All your life, basically, yeah. if Liverpool to win the league, I mean, it's it's still great. I mean, I, and I was pleased um, the previous year when we won the World Club Championship. The mm. people said, "Oh, that's you know, that's a stupid competition." I said, "No, you know, it's we're champions of the world." Yeah, it was the badge for me. It was having the badge, you know, yeah. and and then obviously the Premier League wouldn't let us have it. But for me, I was like. Just to have that badge on the front that says you're That's the right. best. Well, yeah, you know? I've, uh, I've got um, your know, picture of me holding that trophy because I know mm. um, there was a point when all all four trophies were lined up. Yeah. Um, in the uh, the museum, but I know they let me take my grandsons in um, at the start of the following season before the place was open to anybody. And um, let them, you know, hold the trophies. And I, mm. I said to the guys who were getting the trophies out of the safe for me, you know, all I wanted, the only one I'd never held was the World Club Championship. Mm. And they, they got it out for me. And I, that was just magic. And yeah. I think, um, yeah, the picture's in my book somewhere. I think I was a picture of one of the trophies. But, you know, I'd held the, the Premier League um trophy a few years previous in the 90s i was i was doing a charity do for alan kennedy up in southport oh, yeah. yeah yeah um and um what they were doing they had um they had a big five-a-side tournament going on they had pitches all around the grounds of this mm. school and um i was on the, the sort of mock-up stage in the middle of it all playing music all day and you know, doing the usual stuff, lost children, that sort of thing. <laughs> Alan, yeah. Alan said, I'm going to go for a wander. And he went right at the end of the field. Just then this card comes in and this guy gets this big cardboard box out and plunks it on the the, uh, the ground in front of me. He said, where's Alan? I said, he's the far end of the, um, the ground. He's just watching what's going on. And he said, oh, well, when he comes back, tell him, uh, I brought the trophy for him. And I just presumed it was the trophy for this competition. Mm. Well, Alan came back. He said, oh, God, we been waiting for that. Opens the box. And it's Manchester United's Premier League trophy. I've been sitting there. I hadn't been thinking about keeping an eye on it. I mm. thought, oh, God, you just left me alone with that. <laughs> so I had my picture taken holding it. And I, yeah. So I got to hold that a long time before anybody else 
from Liverpool. Even that dark hair on the picture there, it's truly how long ago it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it shows you when Man United's dominance was as well. That was, uh, yes, it was nice to see the back end of that. Although this other show is trying to get in the same boat now. But, uh, we'll, uh, we're, I'm quite happy with the way things are going. Yeah, we're not, we're not doing too bad. George, just before you mentioned about your book, mm-hmm. uh, The Voice of Anfield, My 50 Years at Liverpool FC. Yeah. Like, how, how is that? How, what's the response been like since you brought that out? It's been amazing. Mm. Um, I mean, I've, um, you know, I, I never thought I'd, I'd do it. Obviously, I never thought I'd get to 50 years, but mm. um, when the, the idea was put to me um, by Peter Hooten, you know Peter Hooten? Yeah, yeah, from uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Peter the farm. The farm. Yeah, he, he phoned me up, let me think, it must have been nine, 2019, mm. and he invited me to go for a cup of coffee the following day, and he brought his literary agent down with him. And they were saying, look, you're coming up to half a century at Anfield. You must have a few tales to tell. I said, well, yeah, I suppose you're right. So at the end result was I, I got writing a book and it, I was one of the few people who did well out of lockdown mm. because the day Boris Johnson stood up and said, you've all got to stay in for the next however many weeks was the day I was just ready to, commit all my notes to paper <laughs> so I, I sat here few um, yeah thank you thanks yeah, buddy yeah, yeah not many people say that <laughs> That'd be nice. uh, and I wasn't allowed to go out the house mm, yeah. so I could sit here and do it and then the other publishers came on board during lockdown I've never met my publishers it was all done by zoom um, and the things put to bed and um, May the 6th last year um, I was, the thing was published, and by coincidence, I was actually on Channel 4 lunchtime mm. that day. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the clip. It's, it's I have seen it, yeah, and I have seen it. Yeah, don't I've, worry, I've, George, I've there. seen everything. Don't worry about that, I've, I've seen it. Oh dear, I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> um, but um, I was sitting there, and then Kenny comes up on the screen, and mm. I thought, oh, that's nice. If you watch the clip, I turn back to the uh, to the interview and said, wow. Then I heard this sort of slightly deeper voice and I turned around, there's Jürgen yeah, yeah. on the screen telling the world what a great book it is. Oh, it, it, you, your, reaction that, your reaction to that is, is so, it's so, it's so heartwarming. It, well, I was, it's, it's, I really it's weird, don't know, you know how I kept it together. I, mm. I just, you know, I had to shake my head that it's just, as I said at the time, that was another surreal experience. Mm. You know, quite often I stop and think, what am I doing here? I mean, here I am, I'm talking to two guys, the other side of the planet, basically, um, about you know, <laughs> my having been working for Liverpool. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, last uh, Friday night, I did the Lord Mayor's Gala concert in... Mm. Liverpool. I got on the stage at the Philharmonic Hall. Never thought I'd do that. Yeah. In Ten million years. Yeah. Uh, I mean, have you, I don't know if you've seen. There's a new film out, BT Sports film called The Boot Room Boys. Yeah, I haven't actually. I don't think it's made it out to Australia just yet. But no, I've seen, it's only I've seen a lot just of people talking about it. For the first, it's it's mm. on. I know it's being repeated on BT Sport here this week, uh, and that's the third film I've made. 
Mm. You know, I'm in the if you you know what the IMDb is the the register. Yeah, yeah. I'm in the how the hell did I get in there? <laughs> and it it just it just goes on and on. But um, God bless Jurgen. I know that after he popped up on the TV, the book sales went through the roof mm. for for a weekend. I know I actually got into the bestsellers for just one weekend, and since then it's been. Oh, uh, still, I, I'd be, yeah. I'd be walking around that house. I'd be telling everyone, you know, I'm a bestseller. <laughs> oh yeah. yes, I've yeah. got you know, yeah. uh, Don't get me started. <laughs> um, it's coming out in paperback uh, on the fourth of August. So we've, mm. oh that year, and um, while I was out at the Phil on Friday night, I got invited to be a guest author at the literary festival in South Liverpool. You know, that's on the literary you're, festival. You're Me, everywhere, aren't you? You're everywhere. You know, it's it's just um, it's just insane. The whole thing mm. is is insane. But you know, so worthwhile. And this I mean, isn't because you're really old. It's because you're legendary, yeah. like I said. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going. <laughs> if you if you look at that red poster on the wall behind mm. me, um, it's it's a mock up of a football pitch, and all over. Are names of the footballers who played for Liverpool over the years. Mm. Yeah, the more appearances that they've made, the bigger the names are. Then round the uh, perimeter, wrong way. I'm doing this back to front. <laughs> round the perimeter of the thing, uh, there's every manager who's managed the team since the Shankly era. Mm. And then one row out, you can see the word Sefton. Oh, okay, nice. I said to my wife yeah. when this came, that that's going on the wall. Now. That's going okay, on the yeah, wall. That's, <laughs> that's, as, that's as good as it gets. That. I mean, in, you know, life does not get any better. Well, I thought it did until Jurgen Klopp came on the telly and started uh, saying nice things. Yeah, it's it's just to be honest, like Hamish. So Hamish background with radio. So like, yeah, Hamish, you were saying to me earlier about how George got a start in a job like that. Yeah, I was I was just curious to how you how you began your your journey. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's a famous story nowadays. I keep getting asked, but the basically I was a Liverpool fan. I did my time on the cop. Yeah. I started going just after Bill Shankly took over. Mm. Um, ten years later, I got married, and my wife used to come to midweek games with me. Uh, one night. April 71, it must have been. We were standing in the old paddock. You don't remember the paddock, do you? No, no, it was, it was so not. It was it, rebuilt. It was a standing area at the front of what is now the main stand. It was mm. better view and less crowded than the cop. And I didn't want to take her on the cop and get crushed to bits. And the guy on the PA then, <clears throat> excuse me, he was, I only discovered later, he was a stand in for the regular guy, but he was very prone to making silly mistakes. You know, he, he could play records at the wrong speed in those days, um, <laughs> which he did more than once. Um, and he uh, he struggled to pronounce some of the foreign names. I think he was banned from reading the teams when we were in Europe. Mm. And uh, he did a few silly things over the years. And then that night he did something silly and I made some sarcastic remark to my wife and she looked at me deadpan 
and said, it's all very well for you standing down here. I bet you couldn't do any better. <laughs> that was like a red rag to a bull. So I went yeah. home and wrote a very long letter to Peter Robinson, who was in charge then. Uh, and basically, it's, although it was an A4 side of paper on a typewriter, remember typewriters? Yeah. <laughs> and um, it boiled down to, you know, I can do better than that guy. Why don't, why don't you give me a, a chance? Yeah. And apparently they just decided to sling this guy out. My letter landed on Peter's desk. And um, he thought, this guy sounds quite sensible. And he got me in for a chat. And decided that I was quite rational. I'd probably keep my head in a crisis, which mm. is quite a skill uh, in what I do. And um, decided to give me a trial. August the 14th, 71, I started my trial. In theory, the trial is still going on. People <laughs> actually come to me and said, okay, son, you've... Uh, you can have it. Um, and that was it. I keep saying to people, don't try this at home, folks. I know a mm. few people over the years have written into the club and said, get rid of that old fool. Really? I, 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 can't, I, I can't imagine that, to be honest. Like So I... I'd, I'd, some for Hamish, a bit of, bit of backstory. So George, George has been there, and I'm 26, but for the best moments of my life as a footballer, probably as a man, George has been there announcing the goal, right? And it's, yeah. you must have one of the most recognisable voices oh, yes. ever, because that, that thing, <laughs> and we used to do it as kids, you know, we'd be playing yeah. football in the street, and you, you'd, you'd hit one in, you'd hit, Goal for Liverpool, number eight, Stephen Gerrard. Ah, you know what I mean? We, we used to just go crazy for it. And for like, so for, for me, my, like my older brother, who's 31 now, my old man and my granddad have all been on that cot. And how'd, yeah. you, how'd you do in that? So this is a, this is, this, like I said, this is a Weird. real treat to me. Well, it's priceless sometimes. So I know. It's different nowadays since LFC TV's come along. And I've been on you know, um, BBC a few times over mm. the years for various reasons. But even now, there's a lot of people don't recognize my face. And at least two or three times every season, I get stopped going into Anfield. By, you know, Sorry, pal, you can't go in there. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. You'd, be, you'd be amazed. Um, but <clears throat> Excuse me. More than once, I've just stopped still, take the deep breath, looked at the guy in the face, and said, "There'll be two minutes of added time. Two <laughs> minutes." At that point, they go, "Oh, sorry, mate." <laughs> I mean, it was murder. The the first day of my fiftieth season, mm. I marched up to Anfield. I was full of the joys of spring. I was so proud of myself. I'm relieved. I've, you know, I got through. I hadn't had COVID. Mm. I got into season 50. The book was now valid because it's called My 50 Years in Anfield. Yeah. Um, marched up to the, the porter cabin where they were doling out the, uh, you know, the wristbands, the accreditation. Mm. The girl looks at me, can I help you, love? I say, I need my wristband. Oh, you work here, do you? <laughs> yeah. So she looks, she said, hang on, I'll look on the list. That's a list. So she's flitting through this wrist and said, sorry, uh, you're not on here, you can't get in. Mm. 
And I looked at her, I said, what do you mean? And I said, hang on, are you spelling my name right? And she said, how do you spell your name? So I told her, and she looked again. Oh, here you are, found you. Thank you. So found you. she gives me my wristband. And she said, I have to have your bag searched at gate four. Okay, fine. Go in gate four. There's a woman, middle-aged woman I've never seen before behind the desk. Mm. Can I help you, love? Uh, yes, I need my bag searched. You work here, do you? Yeah. You're kidding me. And, no, no. And then I got to, I had to go to the same rigmarole with <clears throat> two stewards who were new. And then the other last one, I just said, look, I'm sorry. You see that room up there? <laughs> I've got to be there in five minutes. If I hang around anymore, I'm going to be late, be in trouble. And I said, look, I'm going. If you want to, you know, rugby tap on me, call the police, call Jürgen, do what the hell you like, but I am going up yeah. there. <laughs> I'm got in. But the following match, it was obvious they'd had a sort of little staff briefing and mm. um, along the lines of, you see that silly old man who says he's the match day DJ? Uh, yes, he isn't escaped from somewhere secure. He actually is the match day DJ. Just let him in, will you? They think you've just wandered in from the streets yeah, yeah, in your carpet slippers. Yeah, that's nice of them. But the, the problem is, I know I don't, um, I don't look like I sound. If you've only ever heard me, never seen me the mm. two don't match on you know, I, I, I said there's an awful lot of disappointed women all over Liverpool <laughs> 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 I turn up they're expecting Tom Cruise and they get Mr Blobby you know it's um, yeah it's very sad but I, I'm used to it now oh. I, I <laughs> last year when, um, when I got the first promo copy of the book mm. I started taking it with me because I had so much hassle with all these new stewards. And then uh, they started using one of the lounges in the Kenny Dalglish stand as a vaccination mm. centre oh, okay. for COVID. So then we had stewards and we had all these NHS volunteers going through the same thing. You can't go in there or can I see your card? Mm. Have you come for your booster? Um, and then well, the favourite one, they'd point me at the lift up to the top floor and they said, you know where you're going? And by the time I got the copy of this, I'd sort of hold in front, yes. My 50 years yeah. at Liverpool, <laughs> I know where I'm going. Thank you. I hope so. <laughs> yes. I know where I'm going. <laughs> oh, dear God, mate. It's, that it's, all, it's all part of the fun. Just, mm. You just can't actually just turn up and have a feel now and do what you've got to do and go home again. Mm. And obviously, uh, the, the bottom line is, as I say, I'm still a Liverpool fan. So yeah. I have to sweat through the, the games with the, the rest of them yeah. every week. How, how do you find people impersonating your voice, George? Like, I, I, I've done it three times already, and I'm, I'm not ashamed yeah. of it, because this is, <laughs> I think this is an occurrence that goes uh, on in my home every day. Yeah, I, I've heard um, a couple of people on the radio mm. Uh, and there's an Irish podcast that was floating around where they, there was a guy doing a very good impersonation of me. And they were taking a poll. Do you, do you think Seamus here could, should replace George? And, uh, luckily, the poll said no. Oh, that's good. But, uh, it'll, it'll happen one of these days. People, uh, a lot of people have come up to me and said, oh, you know, don't ever retire. I said, mm. well, 
<clears throat> several things are going to happen. You know, in another 50 years, I'll be 126. I don't think that's going to happen. Mm. So don't start saying do another 50. Um, I'm getting old. I could put this laptop down now and have a heart attack, drop down. I, I hope could, you don't, you even know. if the views, we get great views on that, George, but I don't think I want them <laughs> for that reason. Um, that's true. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be good publicity. For the I'll be on the cop something. and people will be like, are you the fellow who gave George a heart attack? I'll be like, no, <laughs> that won't be. It, it's more... It's more than likely going to be uh, Mo Salah gives me a heart attack. Mm, yeah. But, I don't think, but, as we um, said, Liverpool's not good for anybody's blood pressure at the minute, George. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, I mean, again, um, it's, it's, I might win the Euro Millions lottery tomorrow night. And in which case, I'd think about do I need all this stress anymore? Um, or, you know, the same. I'm going to get old. I might lose my marbles completely in a year or two. I don't mm. know. I'm still. My wife reckons I'm going around the bend now, which is, um, you know, probably not far from the truth. But she I'm was. She was saying sure. that in in 1971. No, by the sounds of it, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry too much. <laughs> no, I'll tell you. No, just just keep my fingers crossed. <laughs> Hamish, do you think you could impersonate George's voice? No, I don't think I could. Try not to kill him. Try not oh. to kill him, but see if you can I, look. I feel like I can't quite. Occasionally, when I hang out with Jack for too like for too long, what happens is I'll st like I'll, I can pick up his inflections with his accent. Um, but George, I your your voice sounds your voice sounds nice, and I, I don't want to I don't, don't want to have a crack at it. To be honest, uh, I, I I don't think I could do it, and I think I'm going to embarrass myself miserably if I do have a go. I I used to do a good uh, Aussie accent years ago in the <coughs> the. Um, when Peter May was the captain of England cricket team, mm. I don't know, I heard somebody on the radio and he's, you know, going down to watch Peter May play the cricket. And it's, it's a fascinating accent. I remember the name now, so that's gone out the window, yeah. It's a fascinating accent. <laughs> my, my, people say, I've heard people say, you know, when we, my wife and I'll be out for a coffee somewhere, um, for you when we're on the way on holiday or whatever, mm. I've had people say I sound like John Lennon, and I said, I really don't think I do. I can understand it. But if I start, start trying to be John Lennon, I mutate into Ringo Starr. Yes. Almost the tank engine. So, Hamish, uh, do, 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 do you George Harrison impression if you're not uh, going to do George Sefton, then? <laughs> um, oh, no, I'm going George, George Harrison. I can't, no, I can't do it, Jack. It's not, it's not. I look at the floor and I see it needs sweeping. He has a, he has a very, very funny voice like that. George, I've, oh. I, I've got a good impersonation story of your voice. So my oh. mum was round at somebody's house, right? Yeah. And uh, she just kept hearing, in goal for Liverpool, number 25, Pepe Reina. And she's like, she's a big red by mum as well. Shout out Karen, she'll be watching this. And yeah. uh, she was like, it's the game on. It's the game on. And uh, a friend was like, no, it's the parry. <laughs> so, so they are the parry. They used to, oh, they used to mimic your voice. <laughs> oh. They'd be like, woohoo, woohoo, number 25. Oh, <laughs> I have actually heard everything now. Yeah, one how, how one of the stories I was telling on, on, on um, you just reminded me of something on yeah. Friday night at the Philharmonic Hall. 
Um, it was quite weird because obviously the front row has got the Lord Mayor and a few other local town mayors there. And I was, I was, it hit me while I was waiting to go on. But down in the stalls of the Philharmonic Hall, 65 years ago, I was sitting there at school speech day. Mm. I can remember the block I was over to the far left with my year. At the far side of the stalls, the older boys, the um, two in particular stick in my mind. One was George Halliston. Oh, wow. And the other was Paul McCartney. And, you know, if you'd said to me then where we'd all end up years yeah. later, you wouldn't give to I remember George and Paul used to uh, sneak off to one of the science lecture rooms at dinner time at, at school to practice their chords on their guitars. I remember seeing them do that. I so wish I could kept well in with those guys because I know you used to see them wandering around. You, you, you could have been Ringo. <laughs> I, I don't know about Ringo. I could have, I mean, uh, a lot of his, you know, the road managers and, and people were uh, guys they knew from school when they, mm. they started hitting the big time. But, um, they, they, you know, they, they made sure they had people around them they could trust. And but it's, it, it gave me an insight into the way things work out, which is why nowadays I've got a reputation for playing a lot of local bands. Oh, hundred percent. Hundred percent. I know, you know how it how it happened. How it, it yeah. The Beatles didn't just appear from nowhere. Mm. You know, they started out in somebody's back room and you know, uh, uh, playing at school with mates and all the rest of it. There's, a, there's an awful lot of talent around this city even now. George, you're that legendary, right? That I didn't even know you knew them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's, that's just... It's in that's, the book. It's in the book. It's in news to me. Yeah, I, mean, I actually, when, when, you, when you posted about the... I've got George on Facebook, everybody, and... Uh, oh, you're going to yeah. get friend requests now. Sorry, George. And yeah, I... When he when he posted about his book, I was like, "When are you doing the audio book?" Because everybody wants the audio book. Oh yeah. When it's... I was when I was five years old, oh, I'd listen to that. So yeah, <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you doing the audio book for it, or is it? Oh, this, yes, it's on audio. It's on uh, is it, is Amazon. It I know a few people have um, have uh, have told me that. But the funny, excuse me, when I just move sideways here. There's the CD. Oh, aye. Wow. There's not many of them gone about because it's very expensive and very thick. You notice I haven't even taken the shrimp wrapping off that because yeah, I know what it sound like. Going to sell it on eBay. Yeah. That's all but, right. Um, <clears throat> when the book was coming out, people said, are you going to do an audio book? Mm. And I said, yeah. And they said, well, who's going to do your voice? And I looked at them and I just, I, I've, after I've had three or four times, I said, oh, uh, Joe Pasquale's book. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and they look at me and say, what? And then they realised I was winding them up. I said, I'm doing the flaming audio book. Mm. That, was, that was an experience. Um, three days locked in a recording studio in North Wales for whatever reason. It was very rewarding in the end. But as I said, when that thing came out, here I am in, in my mid-70s and my first CD's out. It's... Um, <laughs> you know, it's well, you did. You did end up doing the same thing as the Beatles, if you think about yeah. it. Oh, they yeah. probably they spent three days making a record before as well. That's true. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, I think they probably made more out of it than I did. <laughs> Not yeah. Wait and see what happens over the next year. Uh, Hamish, is your mind a little bit blown about that Beatles thing now? Yeah, it is. And I was just wondering, like, uh, George, what was it like when, like, um, what was the spotlight like on Liverpool at the time when the Beatles came out? Well, everything happened at once. The Beatles came out. Um, Liverpool, uh, the football ground, got its first PA system. Mersey beat kicked off. And then... Um, of course, in, in the space of a couple of years, England won the World Cup. Mm. So everything was happening. I mean, in Liverpool in the 63, um, 64, that sort of period, you know, the, the place was swarming with talent scouts. Mm. That everybody had a white band and a band. That, you know, my mate and I used to ferry a band round. Um, and they, you know, they were one of the... Um, the few that didn't quite make it, but they, um, I'm just trying to think what the other one was. The, um, was a, there was a guy I knew I was still see wandering around. He started singing in clubs again. And um, he, he made an advert uh, for um, milk. They used to, every Sunday night, uh, every, you know, after the, the mainstream TV was on, there'd be this ad. This is Ricky Gleason down at Ricky at the cavern after a, a gig. Ricky Gleason drinks milk. Mm. And, um, about the same time, I was doing an advert for polo mints. Would you believe? I got collared <laughs> in the street by this crew, and I'd see Ricky in the street, and he'd go, and I'd go, and just walk <laughs> off. But, um, his, you know, there's a lot of bands made, you know, made it big. A lot of bands just disappeared into oblivion. Mm. Some made it big in America. I mean, my friend Terry Sylvester, who used to be in a band called the Escorts, he left and went and joined the Hollies when growing up. Oh, wow. Yeah. America. Um, I've seen him recently. He's living in the southern states of America now. He's still playing. And singing and um it was such a magic place to be that all over mm. the place you know church halls and you know coffee bars and um all sorts of strange places there were, there were just music everywhere mm. um i know i for a couple of years i was the treasurer of the youth club i belonged to and one christmas we we decided to have um a, a dance you know um and we got a band called The Undertakers, who were in the top sort of half dozen yeah. bands in Liverpool. There was a pecking order, The Beatles, then Jerry and the Pacemakers, and below that, The Searchers, then The Undertakers, and then after that, it was all hands to the pump. Silla? Oh, yeah, well, when she she didn't do much locally. She sang at the cavern and then got you mm. know, sent out to do big things. But the... Um, when we got to this dance, somebody said, how much is in the kitty? So I checked, I said, we've got eight pounds in the kitty. So we booked the undertakers. And I remember I have a committee meeting not long after, and somebody said to me, 
to pity me on the anti eight quid because we had ten quid, we would have got the Beatles. Oh wow. Oh. Looking back now, if you'd known what was coming off, you would have gone and robbed your granny's purse for two pounds. <laughs> 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 you know, they were brilliant, but he but it was you had to appreciate it's yeah. like going to Anfield. You know yourself, Jack, that it looks good on the telly, it sounds good and all the rest mm. but until you actually stood there. Yeah, at the match, you have no idea what the atmosphere is like. Yeah, I mean, it was the same with being in, in Liverpool, then you know, the buzz about the place that you know, you know, so many kids, you know, persuading their moms and dads to buy them a guitar. Mm. Some were rubbish and some were fantastic. Mm. You know, some are still going now, although it's sadly, obviously, it's they're getting to an age now, they're all you know, retiring. You know, in living in care homes and goodness knows what, and um, there's a lot of them still play. There's a couple of uh, clubs not far from where I live. There's a place called the Oldie at the Old Drone. Yeah, shout out to the Oldie. I used to drink in there when I was 15. Oh, there you go. George. They, yeah, yeah. They have um, a quite a regular thing called the Mersey Cats, which is a lot mm. of the old musicians. Down by God, they can still play and sing, mm. but you when you're watching them staggering in on the Zimmer frames, and, you know, you wonder what was going on, but yeah, the, the talent's still there. They get up and they do it. I, I think, I think, see, for me, like, so, so Hamish absolutely loves the Beatles, George, right? And yeah. for me, being from Liverpool, and I, I love the Beatles, they're my favorite band. When I talk to people about the Beatles, especially over here, I'm like, yeah, but they're ours. But they're yeah. not. They're the you know they're everybody's Beatles, and yeah, I think that exactly. that kind of pride. It was when you mentioned about uh, like the, that Anfield, you know, being there, the the experience of it, and earlier you mentioned about Jerry and the pacemakers. Like you'll never walk alone. When I was a kid, I knew it was our our song, right? And I knew, you know, the big moments, and I knew a bit about the history of it and all that. But I never. I never fully understood what that song was really about until I, I got know. older. Yeah, well, that's, like, that's it. Was, um... it, it's, it's a song. <clears throat> you, you, you played that song, right? And I felt like you were playing it for me. We played against West Ham at yeah. the start of the uh, the year we finished on 97 points, 18, 19, was it, that season? Yeah, that's right. Uh, and I was there, and that was my last game that I've been to before I moved to Australia. And it was playing, and I was there with my brother and two lads who I've went the game with, like, my whole life. And I'm there, and you were playing You'll Never Walk Alone. And I was in floods of tears, because I knew yeah. that thing I do every week, isn't that's not going to be there anymore. Gonna, no, no. And I think the power of music, and the power, especially in Liverpool, the music's what, I don't know, it's what makes the city and the club and everything so amazing. It's like, I, I don't think people understand that because they, they haven't mm. experienced well, it, you know? Again, going back to Friday night, somebody else has said that, you know, I was talking about George and Paul being in the audience mm. of the film. <clears throat> and I said, five years later, they made Liverpool the centre of the musical universe, basically. Mm. But then I pointed to a couple of the other guys who'd been on. Uh, on the bill, the guy called Ian Prowse. Yeah, Ian Prowse, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Amsterdam. And... Before him, uh, a friend of mine called Brian Nash, mm. who... Oh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Nash, Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I said, these guys are keeping it going because Liverpool still is 
the centre of the musical universe as far as I'm concerned. And long may it continue. I, can, I do my little bit and, um, you know, there's, there's so much talent. In fact, there's too much talent knocking about the place. That, mm. You know, if I do win the Euro Millions jackpot one these days, I'm, I'm going to start opening little music venues all over the place because mm. there just aren't enough to make it pay to make these guys have a, a decent living out of it. Mm. You're rather, not the ones who go on to be big stars, but the, the guys who have the talent and, and whatever. I mean, a, a guy, uh, I bumped into a, a guy on Friday night, where they are, Martin Fletcher. I've, bumped, I've met this guy in a coffee bar by accident about 12 months ago. And he said to me, uh, I'll be making the CD. I'll, I'll have to get it over to you. And I said, well, please do. He was on the bill on Friday night. And when I was driving home, I was playing his CD. He'd given me on the, the car steady on. It's fantastic. Mm. Yeah. I'm thinking, what? Where, where are you hiding? Yeah. And you know, Liverpool Institute High School is now Lipper. Lipper, yeah. You know, Port McCartney's McCartney, fame school. Yeah. Um, until recently, uh, I used to get invited to the graduation there, but they've they've basically run out of room at the the Philharmonic Hall now because there's so many of the honorary degrees have been given out. Mm. But the atmosphere in that place, and you know, the the people who are coming out of there, not just the the musicians, uh, some of them have made it big. A lot of them are having a steady living, you know, in. Uh, yeah, on the mu musical theatre and that sort of mm. thing. An awful lot of them are technicians. Because even <coughs> I heard Paul McCartney say that he was uh, he was trying to book some of the uh, sound engineers for his new tour, and his management came back and said, "You can't. They're all going off with Coldplay." And, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, the the standard at the place is wonderful, yeah. and the the atmosphere. It's again, it's the old. What I said to you five minutes ago, you've got to be there to appreciate the, mm. the all these talented people. A lot of Scandinavians. Um, but one reason or the other, there's no, as you know, there's an awful lot of Scandinavian Liverpool fans. Mm. And um, there's an awful lot of Scandinavian musicians who've been to Leper and just stayed. Yeah. They love the yeah, place. Yeah, just love the city and stayed. Settled down here. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's uh, that's so nice to see. Are you aware of the impact you've had on the Liverpool music scene? Do you like? Yeah, do you under, do you, do you get it? Do you, I, because I probably don't. I don't know. I think I'm just doing. I'm just making a little scratch in the corner. Once in a while, something will happen. I mean, there's um, one band who've now disbanded. Sadly, they. You know, the aesthetics because I play one of their tracks at Anfield, mm. and there was a record producer in the main stand of somebody's guest, and his ears pricked up, and he, he found out who they were. And the next thing he they had a recording contract. That's, that's great when you hear things like that. But yeah. a lot of them, I know they love it, and some of them, it's an ego thing. Um, mm. Just the well, if if you were making music and you suddenly hear you just heard yourself. When you were in the the crowd, the the game, you'd be chuffed the bets, wouldn't you? Oh well, I've had yeah. I've I've had a sort of Hamish. I wrote this song in uh, would have been twenty sixteen, right? And we we we've had our season ticket in our family for like twenty odd years. But this yeah. year, my old man was working in the states. 
He was like, no, you, you can't pay for it yourself. You're not getting it, right? So we, we never went yeah. that yet. Awful year. Awful year it was. Anyway, Liverpool were playing United. And uh, I think we got beat 1-0. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I made my dad buy tickets because I'd spoken to you. And you said, yeah. I like this song. I'll play it before the game. I go, great, right. So, for everyone, George has got his playlist, you know, it's before the game, half-time, a yeah. little bit after the game. That That's the playlist, right? So, Hamish, he says, George says to me, all right, I'm going to play it, all good. So, I say to me, Dad, get tickets. So, we bought, you know how much Man United tickets are if you if you buy them off the tout? Jesus Christ, right? And we were in the pub. And it's about 20 minutes before the game. Yeah. My old man's like, should we go? And I went, I won't, it won't be on yet. We'll just, we'll have one more pint. And he goes, all right. So we have one more pint. And then my phone just starts. <laughs> it's, it's, it's on Sky Sports now. <laughs> Man United are warming up. And all you can hear blasting over the tannoy is your song. And I was like, Dad, hurry up. <laughs> Trying to catch the end of it. But like, luckily that, and then, you know, I had to lie to everyone and say, oh yeah, I heard it in there. And then there was another time, um, my old business teacher, and he, he'll like this because he, he loves you as well. Shout out Mr. Halliday. So his season yeah. ticket used to be right in front of mine and 105 on the cop, right? Yeah. And he, uh, <laughs> he's standing there and I'd left school, I'd left school like two years before. And my song starts playing. And he says to me, so what have you been up to, Jack? And I went, Nothing, absolutely nothing. And the idea that your music is there, and yeah. so many people, I know you're saying about yeah. the ego thing, and I think it's not even that, it's it's you like I the amount of bands I used to get in early for to listen to, like the cheap frills. And I know you know the cheap frills quite well. Oh, yeah, they're, they're an oldie band as well. Shout out Walton Vale's massive, but they were my mates in school, and then I did it, I'd be like, oh, that's my mate's band, and it was it's always that, and I think if you if, if 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 we really look at what came out of the city, you know, even before you're talking about the farm and like Frank goes to Hollywood, even like to Jamie Webster now, it's yeah. you've you've played all of that. Oh yeah. So when people hear that again, they are oh, heard this is the match before. Yeah. So I think I think like I wish you understood how massive it is for us when you do that. You know oh, I mean? I'm pleased to hear that. Well, I mean, like really. When you have one of these conversations, people always start going back to Atomic Kitten. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because they—that was—I was the first one to give them an earnings. You know, oh, really? Yeah. But because um, I was talking to uh, Mel C's production company. Mm. Um, and she had a new CD coming out, and um, on my, I had a book out in 1997. Oh, actually, I just look, oh, no, that one, that, it wasn't much cop, but it was quite fun. But on the back cover, there was a picture of Mel C and a quote saying, it was the coolest moment of my life when George played our song at Anfield. Oh, so that wow. was, that was the, when the Spice Girls started out, but oh, the, wow. um, she had a new a solo CD coming out, and I, I was basically I was on the phone to her um, manager trying to blag a free copy. I'm very good at blagging <laughs> free CDs. 
And the, the one said, yeah, sure, I'll send you one, but you do me a favour. I've got this new girl band coming out called Atomic Kitten. I'll mm. send you their stuff. And I said, yeah, sure. And I played it. And then not long after, they did a P, PA at Anfield um, at halftime, 19, December 1998. And, um, you know, I got, you know, got to meet them with the manager and all the rest of us. And then, you know, they were good, but it was, um, it was one of the list charts. Um, oh, dear God, I've forgotten this surname. Liz, Liz out of Atomic Captain, anyway. She's, mm. she's made a steady living. You know, she's, I've, I've seen her around and about. Mm. And um, she was, you know, she was a blue nose. And I, I remember having a, a good old banter um, session with her about when she was not happy being played at Anfield. Being at Anfield. But uh, mates were just saying, shut up, we're doing, we're doing what <laughs> And, um, Think things like that make it all all worthwhile. They really mm. do. You know, just just watching these people coming up through the ranks and, and many years later making it big. Oh, the coddle, another one. The coddle, yeah. And uh, the Zootons. Yeah. I was probably with the guy who ran their little record company in Rose Lane in Liverpool, and I got all their stuff. And um, you know, to this day, they they. Uh, they, I know they still appreciate it, just a little mm. push, but they, um, it, it's priceless watching these people. And as I say, you know, it, the big, the big thing about what I've done over these years, the best thing is the people I, I get to meet and the people I've come across. You know, I've, something else I've said to a few people over the last couple of years: What other job <clears throat> would you be just leaving work and bump into uh, James Bond? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, he's he's a big fan. He's a massive uh, red, isn't he, Daniel Craig? Yeah, he is. Yeah, I mean, he's just sort of so casual on the way out. All right, you know, you know, and then wander off. But it's 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 one. I wonder what would have happened to my life if I hadn't, you know, been challenged by my wife all that mm. all those years ago. But, um, I don't know. I'd probably be a, uh, a bank clerk somewhere or something. Nothing, nothing exciting, that's for sure. Yeah, it's just your your journey, George, and it's like. So one one thing we Hamish and I we discuss is like what really when people really achieve great things, it's always perseverance and you know just willpower to get into yeah. it because it's if you would. You know what I mean? You could have just kept your opinions to yourself that day. Hey, hey George, yeah. can I just ask, what did your wife uh, say after you after you'd got the job? Um, not a lot. I think she was quite stunned at the time. Yeah. I mean, I'm lucky. <clears throat> My wife is a football fan, although yeah. she's nowadays she's a fireside football fan. The, the um, I know she's going to the derby match the week after next. That'd mm. be. Yeah, well, we're just panicking in case that's the first game we lose out of the the seven remaining because yeah. she'll be uh, she'll be barred out of Anfield for the rest <laughs> of her life. That's for sure. But <clears throat> I know um, I feel sorry for her in some ways because obviously our lives revolve around Liverpool's fixture list. Yeah, and the season. Yeah, when we're making plans yeah. to go away or do this, that, the other, the first thing I have to do is look at the fixture list in my diary and. 
Um, you know, if she's, I mean, last night she's, she was talking to a friend of hers who was about to go to Australia, strange to relate, and um, she was arranging to have a, a day out somewhere before the, she goes. And um, she put the phone down and said, what are you doing Tuesday week? Um, for our blank day, okay, I'll meet Joyce then. And uh, that was that she has to do, you know, work out mm. you know, what I'm doing or where I'm going or whatever. But, you know, she, she really loves her football. I know when uh, we first met before we got Marty, I know it took her to a couple of games at Anfield and she was really unaware of the, the comings and goings and nuances mm. of football and all the rest of it. But by the time our two lads were six, seven, eight, nine, you know, she was really into it. I mean, I had a, I was running this junior football team uh, during the summer holidays from school. And when I couldn't get to the tournament because I was, uh, I couldn't get out of work, she'd run the team and I'd leave it to it. I know she, you know, she really knows what she's talking about. So it makes life a lot easier because I, I know fellows whose wives, you know, go in another room and there's football on or whatever. Mm. You know, she and I watch together and we get just as wound up. In fact, she gets more wound up than me. <laughs> really does. Oh, that's fantastic. And um, like now when you look back over your life, like you've, you know, been with the club now for 50 years, what, uh, what, what to you is the best memory? Oh, that's good. I mean, football-wise, um, it's got to be the the Barcelona game a couple of years ago. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't have written a script for that. No. I mean, um, we turned up 3-0 down to the best team in the world. And people came just thinking, oh, well, I bought a ticket now. I might as well go and see it. Uh, at least they'll be able to tell my grandchildren I saw the great Barcelona team. Much mm, messy. And then, of course, we had two star players cropped. Um, and then score an early goal and say, oh, that's nice. And then just after half time, Genie scores two goals and we're level. Then mm. all of a sudden, the whole atmosphere in the place just yeah. changed. So many notches. Then you know, that corner. Uh, you know, you're probably aware that got the ball boy who threw the ball to uh, Trent is mm. now working wonders for the under-18s. Oh, really, yeah? Oh, yes, he's scoring more goals than, uh, you know, Mohamed Salah this season. You know, he's, he's so, basically, not... Hamish, they, uh, we, we played away at, at the new Camp, right? Barcelona, this unbelievable team. We, we get back and it's... Trent Alexander-Arnold goes to take a corner and then, like, dummies and doesn't take the corner. And then, as their players are unsettled, he turns and passes the ball in and Origi smashes it in the top corner. Wow. And everyone's looking round, Barcelona looking round, like, can they do that? Can they do that? <laughs> and, like, is it true the whole club had been talking about that? That Barcelona reacts It, it might well. well be. I've not heard yeah, that. I've heard. Uh, I've heard. So, yeah. like, even the ball, the ball boys, and everything. Yeah. No, get the ball to the player because Barcelona yeah. just can play. Well, that was it. It's all part of one movement. <laughs> yeah. The, the lad's name is um, Oakley Canonier. Mm. Right. 
you know, he's but I say I can see it now. I close my eyes, and he was sitting there, looking uh, nonplussed. I mean, one movement, he, the ball goes to Trent. Trent yeah. puts it down yeah. and walks away. Yeah. And then okay. Trent realizes that, as you say, everybody was looking the wrong way, except Divock Origi. So he turned back, one move, dink, Divock's head into the back. Than yeah. that. I, I must admit, I was sitting there waiting for the referee to say, yeah. take it again. I think, I think everybody in me. the world was waiting for the referee to say, take it again. You've scored. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, we got, what, 20 minutes left? Yeah. And that was so stressful, because all they have to do is get a stupid goal, and they would have won yeah. the away goals rule. Yeah. But then, as you, as you know, at the end, I bang on, you never walk alone. Yeah. Don't do that very often at the end of a game. I yeah. did then. And the whole squad has lined up. Yeah. Singing it. I mean, there were people in I've that got I've, I've literally got goosebumps, George, as you talk about yeah. this. I've got oh, goosebumps. Yeah. And then um when they'd you know they they'd finished, they all trooped off and I'm looking on the cop, nobody's going home. Mm. I think now what do I do? Uh, and I looked on my I've got a little pile of CDs behind the players behind the desk. And nowadays, I operate off memory sticks. Mm. You know, everything, I build a playlist on the memory stick for the time between games. And I've used everything up, I've taken with me. So I picked up the first CD is John Lennon, Bagel on the first track, Imagine. And I was thinking Jesus. people would be drifting away, and nobody did. They all started singing along. And I, I did hear a tale uh, the following day from a guy who was watching in the Sydney Casino. Mm. Yeah. And he said the place was full of all these uh, rugged Australian sheep farmers or whatever, <laughs> uh, six o'clock in the morning, and they're all in floods of tears. Yeah. And the, the, you know, people telling me stories like that makes me feel really yeah. you know, powerful with the, you know, the, the influence you can have on just one piece of music and then... Yeah. Oh, George, it's 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 like honestly. So again, I I moved just as we started to become a brilliant team, right? Yeah. I've got friends who say stay in Australia, yeah, because it wasn't this good when you lived here. But, <laughs> and, uh, the, the Barcelona one. I remember I, my brother lived at home then. I, I called up my brother and he was like, "Oh yeah, we're just we're just in the booze and all before the game." And it was like early morning for me out in Australia. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, just in the booze before the game. Yeah, we're booking our flights for Madrid. And I was like, 3 0 down. And he's like, nah, we're, not, we're going through. We'll beat these. We can do these. And everyone kind of felt like, oh, we can get, we can, we can beat these. Yeah. And the obscenity of that in itself, to be, oh, we'll just beat the greatest football teams ever. And it's just, mm-hmm. as, as you say, those, those moments, picking that, that song at that right time. And, you know, the stories of you playing, you'll never walk alone uh, after. After we beat Chelsea in two thousand and five. Oh yes. And and the like and I was I was nine watching that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think my dad and my brother were there. And I was like nine watching the game. And I remember opening so in Aintree, yeah, opening the window yeah. in the living room and I could hear you'll never walk alone from Anfield. That's yeah. it's just that, that was insane. I mean, that, the end of that game in two thousand five was crazy. Mm. Because you know we were we were one nil up and they were throwing everything at yeah. Liverpool. I, 
another of my pet sayings the last few years, people said they threw everything about the kitchen sink mm. at um, our goal. And I say, I'm quite convinced there was a kitchen sink flying through the air <laughs> at one stage, really. And then we're looking at the watch, looking at the watch, come on, blow the whistle. Then the fourth official puts up his board with the number six on it. And I'm looking, does that say six? And I go in crackers. And they look on the TV screen, yeah, it's six. Yeah. And I announced the six minutes. And then you can see Rafa looking around with the bench and, what did he say? <laughs> <laughs> and, and the next bench, of course, the blessed Jose Mourinho is yeah. oh, he's on the edge of the pitch. Yeah. Edge, you know, but you get yeah. up, that's six minutes to yeah. scrape a goal here. Everyone's blaming you as if it was your life. Oh, yeah, it's they were. Six minutes. I mean, I, George, George, just say I four was, minutes, I, two minutes. I, I had to come back from shopping more than once in the few weeks after that because there were people, you know, threatening me in the street. Why the <laughs> hell did you give six minutes? I don't, I don't give it. I just read it. And they, you know, it was. It's as if it you're up there in your box and you go, feels like two minutes to me. Yeah, the ref gives you car bodge on it. Just yeah. yeah, as if I'm, I'll tell you what, it's a good job they don't because there'll be oh. a few games that the other the time would have changed. Like, oh, dear God, what a night! And so, then, George, George, are you, are you thinking, are you just are you going to keep going? Are you going to just keep going? Because oh, I, I hope you just yeah. keep going. My intention right now, I mean, my next aim in life is, um. To see the new stand finished, you know, the Anfield yeah. Road end. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a couple of years before we start using that, I believe. Um, although I'm not sure, I think they're officially are aiming for 23, 24. But, mm. you know, to get to the end of that season, um, you know, I'll be, I'll be 78 then, which is starting to push it a bit. And, you know, I'll say what I don't want to do is end up being wheeled into my box and sitting mm. there and go, I'm 92, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really don't. Um, um, and again, I say once in a while I get dogs abuse online, you'd be surprised. But I don't respond to them more yeah. most of the time. Sometimes I do. They're, you know, they're saying things that are just not true. Mm. Um, well, they're, they're abusing me. I'll just retweet them, and let, let and everyone else deal with them. Yeah. At this moment in time, the reaction is almost always ninety percent in favour of me. Mm. Go away, leave George alone. But come the day that somebody abuses me, and I get a cluster of um, posts on social media saying, "Yeah, he's right. George is at his time." I'll be off like a shot, and but I'm, mm. at the moment, I know I'm sure as sure that most of the people who listen to me in the crowd are on my side because they yeah. like my playlist. Yeah, there's a bit of a row going on at the moment because um, the players started picking things to play during the warm up while we've been behind closed doors, mm. and that's stuck. There's one or two people who are trying to tell me what people want to hear before the game, and I know what people want to hear before yeah. the game. Uh, and it really upsets me, but the people telling me are the people who run the place. Mm. Um, and I know there are people inside 
the club itself. Not many, just one or two wish I'd just go away and um, they can, you know, change things. Uh, to, but I know Liverpool fans... We haven't we haven't sworn on this, George, right? And it's been a respect thing. We haven't sworn, but I'm just going to say, fuck those people right now. Fuck those <laughs> well, people. Yeah. Yeah, the trouble is, if I said that, yeah, I'd no, you can't it. say it. I can say it though, George. Yeah, I can yeah. say it. I can say it. Well, a lot of people have said that to me, so that's 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 nice. But the, um, I'll say I'll just just keep plowing on and see what yeah. took. Who knows? You well, know, a million and one things could happen. So. I I would not want to be the guy or the girl who takes over from you after that. I'll just no, compete with no. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's one or two egos who think they could, and they, you go. I know you go to a lot of grounds, and it's mm. all. You know, it's what I say. The music they're playing, basically, for you know, an hour before kickoff, is the sort of stuff you'd expect to hear in a club at three o'clock in the morning, yeah. not the football ground. Yeah, yeah. Um, some of the stuff the players asked to be played while they're warming up, is that sort of stuff. And it, it's it's just not football music at all. Mm. I know I've, I've seen people on podcasts locally say, what's up with George? He's playing some strange stuff lately. And I keep trying to explain to them, it's not my choice. You know, it really isn't. Although my yeah. choice comes, you know, I've, I've been playing for two hours be, you know, before kickoff every game. People don't realise I mean, going back to what you were saying before about playing local bands, there was one guy, oh, it must be about 15 years ago now, he mailed me out in the blue and he said he was a manager of this new band mm. who released the first single, Would I Play It at Anfield? And I said, well, send me the MP3. He did. I thought, oh, that's okay. And I played it the following game, which, as it happened, was home to United. And on the Monday morning, I got a snotty email off this guy. I thought you were going to play our track. I said, well, it did. He said, I sat there right through half time and I didn't hear it. I said, well, no, you half wouldn't. Half time? I played it at 20 to 3. Did yeah. not realise I'm sweating cobs for two hours before kickoff playing music. And I never heard from him again, I think. I yeah. sat all the way through half time, fifteen <laughs> minutes. He made yeah, he made a supreme sacrifice and didn't go and get his cup of tea. Jesus Christ! I didn't have a bovril, George. I didn't have a bovril for you. Yeah, he was um, he was very lucky to get in a tw- you know the the slot of twenty to three, which is basically as late as I can get it. Mm. Before you have to start playing, obviously you know, the the usual stuff that yeah. uh, you never walk alone and uh, team announcements. I think all. he probably wanted it exactly where you'll never walk alone is. That's what he wanted. Oh, he he probably that's did. Really yeah. what? Um, that's not going to happen. But I went to Jerry Marsden's memorial service oh, uh, a okay. couple of weeks ago, which was yeah. sad enough. I remember saying after that, you know, as as long as I'm in charge. You never walk alone will always be the last thing here before kickoff. Mm. And, um, you know, I don't think, I can't see the circumstances during the next 150 years why somebody will have to change that. Yeah. Because it is, it's part of the, the ritual. It's like a religious service now. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, you're watching, you put you never walk alone on you. Just watching the ground, everybody's standing up. And, you know, you know what it is, George? And I, I, that moment where you fade it, 
Yeah. And the crowd takes takes over. Yeah. That th- that moment for me is just like that's. I know. You know, I've, the, I've, it's it's just. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I've had people moaning about that as well. There was one particular guy who was uh, texting me every week saying, don't fade it, let it go. We, we all wanted the run all the way through. And I said, well, no. A few years ago, I know there were people of both persuasions. Mm. In the end, I took a, a, a straw poll, and I think it was like 95% of people want me to fade it. Yeah. Then one day, I didn't fade it, and Peter Moore was onto me. Yeah. what's going on so i said right thanks peter you've yeah you've made my day because yeah. I now say it's club official policy fading yeah. it, it goes wrong sometimes when um Finley, four o'clock sunday kickoff oh well yeah nobody they, wants to sing on that time the amount no, of hungover they, the amount of hungover times i've been in there and you think oh yeah i'll say so I get, I mean, yeah once or twice the teams have come out late Mm. I know years ago when they first started giving me a running order, uh, I got monumental earache because um, the teams came out and I didn't have time to play. You know the the lineup music where the yeah. players are shaking hands and whatever, yeah. and you'll never walk alone. So I ditched the lineup because I thought, you know, if I ditch you never walk alone and play the lineup music, there'll be riots. I got all sorts of earache. You know, off the club, but we can't be doing that. Apparently, they got a big fat fine or something. Very sorry. Oh, like the official Premier League music. The, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Luckily, great the song. girl who was the Northwest area uh, organizer for the Premier League uh, was somebody I knew. She went to school with my daughter in law down in mm. Crawley, of all places. And I, I messaged her, you know, direct, you know, I could talk to the woman. I said, What's going on here? Because I said, it wasn't my fault. The, uh, the referee brought the teams out late. Mm. You know, they came out, what, two and a half minutes before kickoff. And that doesn't give me time to play You'll Never Walk Alone and the lineup music. Mm. It's supposed to be four minutes. And even if they come out half a minute late, the whole thing is, is messed up. It just messes up the playlist up it, and everything. Yeah, out of, you know, if you... Uh, I know it happened a couple of times this season when we've had you know minutes applause for uh, mm. uh, you know, when Peter Robinson died and um, that sort of thing. And it just they, if they come out ten seconds late, the whole thing's fallen to bits. Mm. But nowadays, I I've got a uh, a clock there. And I'm, I'm timing everything. I make I write notes down as to when they came out, and I've said. I do my bit, you do your bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Endo, um, Endo, do your laces when you get on the pitch, like get out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> George, one, of, one of the other things, and I, I, I remember taking to my missus to a game, it was like her first game that she's ever went to a few years ago, and um, scorer of Liverpool's first goal. Yeah. That in itself, First goal, score of Liverpool's because there's going to be more crowd. Yeah. Brace, brace yourselves in. There's going to be more. Are yeah. you conscious about things you say, phrasing and stuff Sometimes like that? that one is quite deliberate. Yeah, I was going to say. You know, yeah, uh, I know. I've, I've had my me, me wife shouting at me about that. She did me on the telly. She can't be saying that. I said, well, I'm sorry, I am. Yeah. If it, you know, 
It's like a wink and a nod every every yeah. time of it. That's got a little bit of space, go and then you go. There yeah. we go. <laughs> well, it's you know I try my best. Mm. It's 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 getting it's it's trickier now because obviously uh, my little room. There's not just me in there. There's me, a sound engineer now, and the guy who operates the scoreboard, which mm. means the guy who's in contact with the VAR people. So I've when there's a goal goes in, I can't say, you know, goal scorer, so and so, until they hear the magic words, check over. Yeah. And that can get quite tricky sometimes. But the, um, and, you know, when there's a, a dubious goal at the far end, luckily I've got monitors in there now, we can work out who did it and why. Um, touch wood, I usually get them right, even though there's some dispute. I mean, when Peter Crouch scored his first goal, Liverpool, he had been struggling for ages. Yeah, yeah. long period. Against Wigan, I announced this was before VAR, and I put here because um, I wasn't sure. But on the monitor, I could see everybody jumping up and down around Peter, and um, I announced first goal scored Peter Crouch. And then somebody came in from next door, said, "No, that was no goal. He got that wrong." <laughs> So I don't think so. I see, even if it wasn't on goal, when I said first goal goal of Peter Christ, there was a big cheer. The atmosphere went up about five notches. Yeah. So I'm quite happy. And then about six weeks later, the FA dubious goals panel gave it to Peter Crouch. So you, you got and it right. I you got it right. it right. The same thing happened about a fortnight later. Uh, Stevie G scored at the cop end on the after they heard the TV commentator say, oh, George, you've got that one wrong. And I hadn't healed the goal. I think I remember that. I think I actually yeah. remember that, so, yeah. So, no. And um, it's, oh, it's, it's, it's a running battle of wills all over the place mm. now. You can't just, uh, say, years and years ago, I used to turn up with a box full of vinyl, you know, play, the, play some records, play a few requests, announce the team, and sit back and watch a game and then go home again. Not anymore. Yeah. yeah. It's constant bombardment with social mm. media. People at the club, don't do this, don't do that. We want you to do this. You can't do that that time. That's to say, I crawl out of that on my hands and knees. <laughs> so I'll, you know, I'll be, you'll find me in a, a corner just blabbering an idiot one of these. Days. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Well, maybe so I think. It's more likely I'll have a heart attack when we get a vital goal in the 96 minutes or something. <laughs> or um, I'll be thinking about you every single time a Rigi scores a late winner now. That'll be oh well, yeah. 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 But the other, no, the other one, I see to my wife, she'll find me in the chair one Sunday morning, yeah. dead as a dodo, with the winning lottery tickets crumpled <laughs> up in my hand. <laughs> but, oh, uh, George. George, can I ask a big favour of you? Yeah, try my best. Can you say Sydney's number one music podcast, West Underground? Okay. And, Sydney's and you, number one podcast, West Underground. Do it again. I fucked that up. Sorry, George. I swore again as often. <laughs> Sydney's number one podcast, West Underground. You've just made my dreams come true there. I couldn't, I wouldn't, I never made I'm it as a to footballer. Worry about you now. I never made it as a footballer, George. <laughs> but at least I've got that. <laughs> <laughs> at least I've got that. 
You, oh. you really need to get out more. Yeah, I know. It's the problem with Australia. <laughs> Australia's got me going stir crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. But George, thank you very much for your time, my friends. It's uh, it's a, it's a, it's a pleasure to listen to you tell stories. And Hamish, I'm really sorry. I've you've never seen me like that before, have you? No, this is a first. This yeah. is the first time. Uh, yeah. But. But yeah, George, honestly, thank you for your time. It's, okay. it's don't it's, forget, it's, it's on Amazon. Yeah, all over, all over the media. Buy it, everybody. Buy it. Yes, please do. Get them back I'll in say the, the paper back will be out later in the year, so I presume it'll get to us uh, next year, year after. And uh, when I do actually jack it in, there's a follow up to that that's already in, uh, on the way called Anfield Behind Closed Doors. Well, uh, <laughs> but that'll be. Well, that's a few years to go, yeah. That'll be that'll well, be on I'll the have horizon. To left by the time that comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Is that all the big stories? All the gossip? Yeah. We'll get that on the next podcast. We'll get that okay. on the next podcast. <laughs> George, thank you very much for your thank time. You really appreciate it. Nice to talk to you guys. Cheers. Up Cheers, the reds. Right. Up.